Hey guys, just a quick reminder that me and the Beardy One will be doing a live show from Celluloid Screams this year. That's at the Showroom Cinema in Sheffield on Friday, October the 19th at 3pm. It'll be all the usual stuff you get from an episode. There'll be a guest and film combo. Uh, we'll be giving away some free swag courtesy of our pals at Arrow Video. And we'll also be doing a live Mitch's Pitches. We'll hopefully see you there and now on with the episode. Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 22 with Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. You sure are. How we Look doing? I'm good, man. Oh, how are you? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you? Uh, yeah, fine. Busy week. Uh, yeah, I want to mention something, actually. Uh, not strictly horror, but guys' books tend to deal in pretty dark materials. Uh, was at Mono this week in Glasgow for a launch event for the new John Niven book. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Kill Em All. Right. Which is a sequel to Kill Your Friends, which, have you read that? No. It's basically like a cross between The Wolf of Wall Street and American Psycho, set against the backdrop of the 90s indie scene. Right, okay. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and he's written a bunch of books in the middle. They're all pretty much great as well. But uh, yeah, there's a sequel, uh, kind of in the age of Trump, that sounds like it's going to be very, very dark indeed. A couple of readings from it, very, very funny. Also a time to watch some stuff, but what about you? Yeah, I went back to something that I'm pretty sure you'll have seen, because I know it played at Glasgow Fright Fest this year. Oh, uh, I. Pie Whack It? Oh, I did see Pie Whack It, yeah. Oh, you did that narrowed-eyed, pained look. Yeah. Well, you first, what did you think? Actually, I didn't really rate it. Uh, what's it What's it about exactly again? <laughs> uh, the film stars Nicole Munoz and uh, Laurie Holden, who was in The Mist and The Walking Dead and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole Munoz plays this daughter. She's a bit of a kind of everything about us covered in like him heartograms. You know? All right, okay. Like, she's got like him posters. She's got like him patches on her bag. So we're to gather from that that she's a wee bit gothy. I I always love it when this happens in films. I always look to see which bands they're using. So we know that the character is alternative. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's him in this one. <laughs> Sometimes you get a right fuck up when it's like all sorts of weird cross genre posters. You're like, nah, I don't buy this. And like Ben second. Folds Five and the All American Rejects. <laughs> ben Folds Five, day aside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, she's kind of gothy, and uh, her dad, I think, has recently died, if I recall correctly. It's kind uh, of disappeared out of my mind already. Certainly, certainly, it's a single parent situation yeah, for sure. And, yeah. uh, Laurie Holden's character, she's having a real hard time now being a single parent. And yeah, there's a bit of kind of teenage angst, I hate you, kind of stomping around up and down the stairs type stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like, I wish you would die stuff and all yeah, that kind of like, But yeah. then she actually <laughs> does wish she would die and kind of makes moves for that to happen by invoking this demon pie whack it mm-hmm. uh, at like a ritual in the woods <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and then there's some actually there's some decent creepy stuff goes on in there but it's not enough to kind of counteract the fact that fuck all happens and it's not very interesting i think that it's powerfully boring film yeah, yeah. um i think it's i agree i think that some of the kind of actual imagery in it and kind of the midsection where the tension needs to build some of that stuff is pretty effective in isolation but I don't think that it ever really gets any momentum together in terms of being 
consistently uncomfortable or scary. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's, yeah, fundamentally, that's where it slips up for me. I liked the kind of glimpses of the demon that you see, but uh, yeah, on the whole, it didn't really do anything for me. There was It's kind of disappeared from my head already. A lot of people seem to like it, though. Yeah, it's pretty well liked, um, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that, that's fine, but uh, yeah, it's not really for me. Same, yeah. Yeah, that was Pie Market, <laughs> summed up pretty succinctly. Yeah. Um, I also did a deep dive into the, the full back catalogue of Rob Zombie's work. Okay, that's some, uh, <laughs> some mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. Some of it fails a little better on second watch. Can I ask about one then? You're going to but... ask about the Lords of Salem. Yeah, because right. like, I've never um, gone back to it. Yeah, I actually liked it a lot more than I did when I saw it at Glasgow Fright Fest. Okay. Um, which is where I saw it originally. Same, I haven't seen it since, though. I think it's fair to say that uh, the response was pretty lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, positively cold. I think it was one of those things where you read the premise of it and you'd seen the films that he'd done before. Mm-hmm. And there was an assumption that he would just do something that was way more wild. Mm-hmm. And kind of way more brash and over the top in the way that things like Devil's Rejects are. Yeah, and obviously it's not that at all and I think that no, the reason that I think that I might like it more on revisit is because there's been a little bit of time between what I expected it to be and what it was you know I what I mean I think that's what I got what, what I took from it I certainly liked it a lot more yeah it's um, his most it's one of his more visually interesting films in I'd a lot say of ways it's his I think. most visually interesting film yeah um, by a considerable margin but yeah I, I took a lot more from it House of a Thousand Corpses I still love <laughs> okay I still absolutely love it would you say it's your um, favourite Possibly, yeah. Um, there's an argument that De- Devil's Rejects might still be his uh, magnum opus, but I find The Devil's Rejects and 31 to be just a bit too nasty. Okay. And I, don't get me wrong, I like nasty films, but the dialogue is so fucking sexually aggressive, misogynistic, it troubles me a little bit. I think, it just, I, I think it's one of those things where I think that anything that goes to extremes in that way kind of is always in danger of getting boring if it starts to feel like they're doing it for the hell of it. And I think that was a problem I had with 31, certainly. I actually liked 31 as well a lot more on this this watch. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was one of those ones, I saw it at Fright Fest 2016, I guess, the uh, Shepherd's Bush year, and I was, like, fairly entertained by it in the moment, and the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. Right, yeah. But I wouldn't say no going back to it because there were certainly elements of it that I really like. Richard Brake's amazing right, in it. That's what I was just going to come on and say. Richard Brake steals the film from the very first frame to the very last frame. He's amazing. He should play the Joker. Wow, that's a great call. He really should play the Joker. Yeah. Maybe after Joaquin Phoenix has his crack at it, the next guy, <laughs> the next guy out the gate could be Richard Brake to kind of play a slightly older Joker. Yeah, why the hell not? So anything that you liked less on Revit? Actually took a lot more from all of the films that's cool that's interesting uh, i didn't really like any of them less i've always had a soft spot for his halloween okay uh, and i revisited both halloween films as well and halloween 2 i think i took a lot more from this time as well because i think like we talked about with lords of salem it kind of took a wee while to percolate and settle down in my mind uh-huh. and uh, now yeah uh, he wanted to do his own thing with it rather than just uh, retread what Halloween 2 is he touches on that at the start of it kind of sets it in the hospital and then goes off and does his own thing completely and I think that's kind of admirable yeah um, but yeah it's uh, yeah his it's, it's kind of filmography is a weird one <laughs> it is um, um, uh, how are you feeling about it? what's your anticipation level like for 3 from hell after watching those 6 I, I didn't I didn't watch uh, The Haunted World of the Ville Super Beasto okay uh, that's I the only just, one of his I haven't seen I just stuck to the live action stuff fair but yeah after watching those 6 films kind of over the course of this weekend I'm uh, yeah I'm kind of looking forward to 3 from hell yeah I think that it's, it's, it's the characters of his that have always worked the best for me 
Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty into it. I think if he's going to do another one, then it may as well be those guys. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you know? May as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I'm curious to know exactly how he brings them back after that incredible ending from The Devil's Rejects. Yeah. yeah, and it is. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's one of my favourite ending scenes from any film. Yeah. Another probably. thing I want to touch on is the soundtracks are always amazing. I definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Is that I was going to say is that your lot, but you, that's a lot. That's seven films. I was going to say that's seven films. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, uh, yeah. There's only so many hours in a day. I've seen some things this week. First off, not exactly horror, but pretty black-humoured a lot of the time, so I think it's probably worth a mention that The Good Place is back on our screens. Oh, right, okay. Uh, the Netflix comedy yeah, from sure. Drew Goddard. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of Series 3 of that. That is continuing to be like surprisingly biting at times. Very, very funny. <laughs> uh, really heartfelt, really good character stuff. I think that's, that's one of the better comedies going at the moment. Very happy to have it back. <laughs> cool. um, I also... Um, also did we Netflix borrow and uh, watched one that had, I think, a very limited theatrical run in the UK. I, I hadn't seen it before. I watched Wish Upon this morning. Right, okay. I have no idea what that is. So Wish Upon, it stars Joey King, who is a young actress who's been in The Conjuring. She was in Slenderman right, as well. Okay. Um, and a couple of other things. I don't think anyone saw Slenderman. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, 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 per- I certainly missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she's, again, it's, it's another single parent situation. Her parent, in this case, is uh, Ryan Philippi. Oh, right, okay. Uh, who I hadn't seen in anything for a while, but <laughs> of, the, of the likes of like, Cruel Intentions and Gosford Park and Breach and all that kind of thing. Uh, so he gives her a music box that he finds somewhere. He's like a dumpster diver as a pastime. Right. So him and his pal, and basically at one point he gives her this music box thing, which has some inscriptions in the side of it. She Googles it, finds out that the inscriptions basically say that the box grants the bearer seven wishes. Ah, Google, yeah, well known for its uh, abilities to decipher ancient... Inscriptions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. No, it's... um, And then, so she starts doing it, and she does... I'll give you an example. So she has, like, a rival at school. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten the character's name, but basically... She says... Oh, I wish that whatever her name is would just go rot. Right. And then literally the next day the girl wakes up and she's like decomposing. Which is one of the better isolated moments in the film. But basically, needless to say, it all comes at a cost and things sure. start happening to people around her. Again, that kind of monkey's paw type thing. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, basically, it's. But what kind of annoyed me about it, but loads of things annoyed me about it actually, but <laughs> one of the things that annoyed me about it was. The fact that there was no irony to the downsides to it. It was kind of just like, oh, this thing happened to her that she wished for. So, like, her uncle died or something like that. <laughs> okay. And it was just, it was totally arbitrary in what happened in response, you know? There was no, like, yin and yang to it. It was just, like, an eye for an eye in a way that felt really unimaginative. But it does have also, there's a scene, and I won't say anything about who it happens to or anything like that, but a character gets hit by a car and is just, like, shot a, prepo- a preposterously high arc through the air and shatters a windshield. They land on another car and shatter a windshield. And genuinely, when that happened, it's I, I laughed so hard that the dog in the flat next door to me started barking. <laughs> like, <laughs> Years ago, me and my, me and my friend Remo, uh, we uh, were part of a group that went to see Final Destination 2 at the mm-hmm. cinema. And uh, you know the bit at the end where the barbecue explodes? Yes. And the kind of arm lands on the table. <laughs> I honest to God thought I was going to fucking die laughing. Like, it was uproarious. I mean, we were pretty drunk and we 
we were pretty uproarious throughout the film. Aye, um, especially there's another bit where a big plate of glass falls on a kid outside the dentist's office. That's amazing. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, we made an absolute fool of ourselves laughing at that. But uh, yeah, that's that's the good thing about those films, I suppose. Definitely, yeah. definitely not the same. But see, the loudest I've ever laughed in a cinema. Right. And it was at the Belmont Cinema in Aberdeen, which is uh, with a small screen in there. The which boy is... with the striped pajamas. <laughs> How did you guess? No, um, <laughs> uh, it was, um, you know, at the end of Django Unchained, when uh, <laughs> okay. when uh, Quentin Tarantino has a cameo in it as an Australian guy. Oh, yeah. And he's got yeah. dynamite in his bag. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx's character shoots him. Yeah. And he blows up. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, uh, I, it was at that point that, that it was driven home to me how much of an awkward cinema laugh, or awkwardly loud cinema laugher I am. <laughs> But yeah, Wish Upon is nonsense. Like, um, it's it's a terrible film in my opinion. Um, Great. There's a, a couple of half decent deaths in there, but mm-hmm. I would say that that's just about it. Uh, there's not. It's all to no real end. <laughs> but um, it's worth watching just for the car crash thing because that is straight up fucking hilarious. But did you not say that that's right at the end? It's pretty near the end. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to sit through a whole film to watch one scene that you find quite funny. I find it really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my that was my kind of like that was my film for this week. I have like apart from Shockwaves on Hundred Stuff, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. that was the only film that I made time for this week. And I, yeah, it was Wish Upon and I wouldn't race back to it. Oh, uh going back to Piwag it quickly. It's got that trope that you love in it. Uh, when the shit's hitting the fan, uh, she contacts a tweed wearing academic guy who helps her out. I fucking need it. See, in um, uh, he's like an award-winning novelist, and he replies punctually to her email. Like, <laughs> he's a best-selling author. <laughs> um, in uh, Wish Upon, it's her Asian classmate's cousin. All right, sure. Naturally, but Asian yeah, Chinese secret, huh? Yeah, the exact same thing. It's like, oh, it's like I just happen to know quite a lot about that. Um, yeah, which uh, is always something that I find pretty maddening. Um, so yeah, wish upon that was my uh, wish upon, and like I say, uh, on a much happier note, the return of the good place, which as usual spawned. So wish upon not coming with a Mitch Bain seal of approval then. No, it's coming with the Mitch Bain run for the hills um, assurance. <laughs> Excellent. Which I guess brings us to. So two this week. Yeah. Uh, so the good news is that I watched two this week. Right. The bad news is that I miscounted last week, and only now were we at fifteen. Oh, for fuck's sake! I know. Um. So an easy three points, I must admit. This week, uh, I went with two that I had in the house. Um, but they're timely. I think that I was going to rewatch them anyway, considering what the release schedule for the next couple of months is looking like. Right. I watched Halloween and Suspiria. Oh, right, okay. okay Which okay. I think were things that I've been kind of like welcoming the opportunity or trying to make time for rewatching anyway. I still love both of these films. Yeah. Not uh, a massive amount to say. No, either no, of them. not exactly. Yeah, not too much new to be said about that. Although what I do want to say is uh, at the time of recording, I don't have it yet, but hopefully at some point <laughs> on release day, I will be the proud owner of Halloween 4K on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. that's released today at the point of listening so if you want to go out and get your hands on the 4k release of halloween go out and get it it's out there so that's it for the shockwaves 100 today like i say didn't want (laughs) to didn't want to dwell too long on them but because uh well a moment about suspiria i would say because i love the original Mm -hmm. i really really love it i am really interested in what the new one's gonna look like yeah, and, yeah, me too. Uh, when I say I look like, I guess I mean that literally to a certain extent. Oh yeah, because um, it looks color-wise so dull. 
things like that. But just everything about it being such a kind of antithesis to the original is really intriguing to me. Yeah, the kind of colour scheme looks a lot more kind of washed out. Yeah, um, Tom York's in the score. Yeah. And if you had the theme, Suspirium, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's class. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it's like an hour longer than the original as well. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of kind of serious what the fuck are you doing things on paper, but the names involved, can't argue, I'm really excited. I really looking forward to it. <laughs> well, there you go. Which means... What have they been saying? They've been saying plenty. Yeah, it's been a busy old week. Yeah, um, certainly PC's got people talking. Just before we start, oh yeah, I do want to make a correction. Okay, uh, issue a retraction here. So off the back of last week's minisode, when as part of the Shockwaves 100 mission, I suppose we could call it, yeah. uh, you checked out Bram Stoker's Dracula, which you did not enjoy. That's true, I didn't. But I foolishly said that I thought Rufus Sewell was in it in the moment. Uh, but it fell to Slippery Jack, Richard Wells on Twitter, got in touch to say, just he basically said, Rufus Sewell, uh, with uh, question marks. And by that point, I had already realised the error of my ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone, I would like to say I'm sorry. Rufus Sewell is not in Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> okay. and uh, thanks to Richard for bringing it to my attention. Yeah. Also, it's quite nice that we don't have to do them that often. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, yeah. but don't start going back through episodes. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you, if, don't if, start fact checking anything. Yeah, if you could just not find toothcomb that shit, I'm just quite happy with the hot streak of no retractions that we've had so far. Yeah, but, that's fine. But no, don't start, don't stop shouting up if you catch us out though, because uh, we would rather know than look stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, loads and loads of stuff for this week. Um, a couple of reactions to the announcement of the live show. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zoe Meh on Instagram. <laughs> uh, got in touch and said uh, listen to the bonus ode and this week's mini-sode today hilarious as ever thank you is it bad that I like the mini-sodes more than the episodes no not at all I really like the mini-sodes too yeah it's fine very very different it's, very, it's interesting though first person that said that um, and she also says I really hope I can make it to the showroom in time for this even if it's just to watch you sweat nervously <laughs> I won't be nervous yeah I will be I'll be the, I'll be the guy who's like glistening in the corner oh. from the brow right oh. you know okay yeah um, sticking with the Minnesota theme, uh, we had Chelsea Burden at Chelsea V get in touch saying Monday morning commute wouldn't be the same without at Strong Violent PC. Chuckling away on the bus at Mitch's Pitches. Sunny with a chance of death. <laughs> yeah, Sunny with a chance of death went down quite well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I had a couple about that actually. Um, as part- I still think that your parents' uh, suggestions were better. <laughs> Full throttle throttler Harley Deathison. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of just uh, changing it to mix pitches. Yeah, and get your dad on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they were, uh, they were, they were bringing the noise on that one. I'm definitely, I, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send them this week's on as well. I literally have not stopped thinking about full throttle throttler. But on the subject of Mitch's pitches, we had a couple from Stevie this week actually. Film fan Stevie on Twitter, uh, who just made mention of he just clocked that a couple of the films we were talking about or have been talking about on the show are coming out pretty soon right okay uh, he did say Sonny with a Chance of Death comes out on the 22nd of October of course he's uh, <laughs> referring to the 88 films release of Nightmare Beach yeah which I think we'd mentioned previously but yep 22nd yeah. of October uh, that's right yeah a week earlier 15th of October uh, there's a Night Train to Terror Blu-ray that he spotted on the German Amazon site as well alright cool also worth mentioning on the 15th of October because uh, we've mentioned it on the show uh, Hereditary comes out on Blu-ray in the UK oh nice I'm really looking forward to seeing that again yep, because- so uh, Hereditary will be out on the 15th October. Sweet. And uh, yeah, one more from Stevie actually, just again, just kind of on the same theme. You just said Bargain of the Week from Arrow Video Films, just pointing out that pieces, the Arrow Blu-ray is uh, £6 a fop at the moment. 
And sticking with Stevie for a minute, um, we actually had a new listener get in touch. Oh. Um, this is uh, Emma Suspiria is Giallo Fantastico <laughs> uh, at CattyKitty72. Um, said, just listen to my first of your podcast following a recommendation from film fan Stevie. Stevie, thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, the episode that she that she picked to go for was Life Force. It was hilarious. We'll listen weekly now. Oh, thanks very much. Welcome okay. aboard. Yep, thank you. Welcome aboard. And thanks again, Stevie, for the recommendation. Uh, more stuff coming in on uh, stuff that we've talked about in the minisodes. Okay. So I think it was last week I mentioned that I was watching, revisiting season three of Inside Number Nine because oh, it had yeah. been added to Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, specifically, I watched The Devil at Christmas last week. I actually watched The Bill this week as well, which the is so great. Yeah. I might watch Diddle Diddle Dumpling later and just depress the hell out of myself on a Sunday evening Christ. before I go to bed. It's one of my favourites, though. But, uh, yeah, Chris Angel got in touch. Uh, say uh, That's at TenshiSan73 on Twitter, of course. Said, started inside number nine last night. First three episodes were seriously impressive. The tension on both The Bill and Riddle of the Sphinx was palpable. I would love to see what Steve and Reese would come up with if they got a movie budget slash runtime for a full-scale horror slash comedy. Which I agree, I'd be really interested to see what that was as well. Also, the uh, Riddle of the Sphinx is brilliant. That's another yeah. great episode from that series. Yeah, absolutely. So jumping back in time again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we had uh, Dennis Extro Atherton. Dennis, hello. And Dens Beans getting in touch to say, um, Tonight's film has smoking 10-year-old kids, <laughs> heads rolling down and down rivers, and generals who keep hanging up the phone on people. I can't believe how good the blue looks. Andy was right. This is a good time. No mention of the film there, but if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you might want to go back to episode 15 when we went head-to-head over The Incredible Melton Man. Always nice to hear people revisiting Melty, I think. Yeah, good old Melty. He deserves more attention. Yeah, I would say that. I would say, you know what? I wasn't overly swayed by the discussion, but I do think it's something that people should see. Yeah. Definitely. Inevitably, a couple of things about pieces. <laughs> I think everything I've got left is about pieces. Okay, well, I think I deliberately did that. So what? Because I think I sent you the most of the stuff in pieces. So what I'll do quickly is just um, I'll just jump around, kind of do a couple of any other business things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Sheridan Not at Nazi on Twitter getting in touch. Uh, again, just a little quick, quick mention about the live show. Uh, congratulations to Andy Mix Stuff and Watch Fairs Mitch on their announcement. Strong Violent PC is coming to Celluloid Screams this October live. Dave Cooper on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, got in touch. Just a quick Deluxe mention. underscore man. Oh, yep. Deluxe underscore man. I apologize. Um, just a quick reference to the fact that you mentioned my friend Dammer last week. Yeah, yeah. Saying yeah. that he'd be like, guy, just said, my friend Dammer is great. Kind of strange, but definitely worth a watch. I, I would be, agree. I was going to say, I'd yeah. agree on all counts there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pieces, a couple of things, and then I'll just kind of let you take it away, I think. Well, um, why don't we split it up? Okay, we'll cool. Do a, we'll do a couple. I'll do a couple, then you can hop in and out, right? Okay, cool. So, kicking off, Arrow Video got in touch at Arrow Films Video. Just to say, it's one of our faves, and that opening scene, shocked face. That opening scene is certainly <laughs> shocked face worthy. Yeah, thanks to the guys at Arrow for getting in touch, and thanks to the guys at Arrow for uh, sending us a big goodie bag full of swag to give away at the live show. Yeah, yeah, uh, very much appreciated. Thanks for that. Also, we had um, Bynan LV, that's Laura on Twitter, getting in touch uh, when we announced pieces, just saying, haha, this is going to be good, hashtag bastard. <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of bastards this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many of them were in reference to the film and how many was just people using that as an excuse to call us what they wanted. Yeah, to just give us some abuse. But yeah, definitely uh, people people responding to that. So we had Andre M at Calor Han on Twitter getting in touch to say, a beautiful psychological thriller in the best tradition of films like Psycho or Peeping Tom. 
That's uh, a that's an that's that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from in that regard. Yeah, some of the first person stuff. Yeah, very different kind of uh, viewing experiences. I would be inclined to agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, yeah. Always nice to always nice to hear other interpretations though as well. I had um Haley Alice Roberts again just uh, showing some love to the Arrow release of this and mm-hmm. just posting a picture of the version that she has. Also, Darren Gaskell. On Dan, yes. Dan underscore Gaskell on Twitter uh, getting in touch saying can't mount an artistic defense for it but why would I it may be incoherent illogical and inappropriate but it doesn't faff around delivering the goods with gusto and it's so much fun best enjoyed with an audience and a glass or two of sangria I don't know why I was so tickled by delivering the goods with gusto delivering, <laughs> I actually tell a lie delivering the gory goods with gusto so oh, uh, Jesus Christ he's alliterating I was going to say for any alliteration enthusiasts out there yeah, uh, yep, Dan's got it covered uh, James Plum at Mad Science Films got in touch to say, wait a minute, Mitch has seen pieces but hadn't seen an American werewolf in London. <laughs> wow. That's so much the story of our relationship. Like, I, I'm never not amazed at the stuff you haven't seen yeah. compared to the shit you have. Oh, oh, like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. That's my relationship with all of our listeners as well. <laughs> so we had Hanny, at Hanny underscore Ray, get in touch. Um, towards the end of pieces, we touched on a moment where a corpse comprised of bits from all the victims uh, somehow reanimates and tails off Kendall's cock. Yes. Um, and Hannah posits the question quite fairly. Great episode. Thank you. Wait, did Kendall's manhood raise the dead? <laughs> um, it's quite possible. He uh, fucks everyone in the whole film. It doesn't seem unlikely that uh, a corpse could be next on the list. Yeah, that's um, true. And like, yeah, I think that he is, he is made out to be such a kind of Lothario that it's not beyond the realms of possibility that the film prescribes cosmic abilities to his manhood. <laughs> and uh, that's everything I've got for feedback. I've got fuck all else. All right, in that case, oh, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I take particular pride in this week's effort. Okay. It's Mitch's pitches. Oh, quickly becoming everybody's favourite thing, by the way. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so once again, for anyone that is unfamiliar. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. Andy will send me a poster from film, a horror film from years gone by. He will remove the title, the tagline, all identifying text and leave only the image. I'll describe it to the best of my ability. We'll also post it on all of our social media channels so you can play along at home. I will then do my best to provide a synopsis for what I think the film might be and if possible, give it a title. You've got that mischievous glint in your eye, Stuart. Right, I'm about to press send on this one, right? Right, okay. Okay, so it should be wigging its way to you now. Okay. <laughs> Again, you might want to use your zoom function. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um... <laughs> your eyes pinged open. Okay. Uh, right. Wow. Um... <laughs> This is the first time also that I've like turned my phone upside down and put it on its side to get a look at it from all angles. Uh, right, okay, wow. <laughs> right. Okay, so the background is kind of abstract, weird blue shapes. <laughs> right. no, no, like it's kind of of indeterminate setting, Right. I would say, this image. Although we do have a woman lying on what is from context, presumably it's like a hospital gurney or something like that. You can't really see it. She is in a state of some distress. <laughs> As is often the case with the posters. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is lying on her back with a leg spread. She's kind of draped in a blanket. It's quite thin, perhaps a sheet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, a sheet, to be fair. Yeah, no, it's a sheet. Uh, she is giving birth to something. 
uh, can't, like, I couldn't say with any confidence what it is. I would hazard a guess that it's not human. Right. What uh, is it that gives you that impression? Well, all we can see is the what I assume is the top of the back of its head. And what, again, what I would imagine to be its right hand. Uh, so it's kind of like uh, it's red, reddish purple in color. Kind of shriveled. <laughs> like babies are. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would still venture that that it's it's not um, that it's not a human baby that we're looking at here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of making its way out into the world uh, to the apparent dismay of uh, two men who are standing by wearing biohazard suits and giant helmets with uh, kind of torches attached to them. I think that's uh, everything. I would also say that their faces are in some distress. It was fine, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's, sure. they are, certainly. The guy on the right in particular, he seems to be... Yeah, they're, ha- they're, they're, having, a, they're having a day, these yeah. two. Well, like, so she. Okay. Right, I've got something. Okay, enthrall me. So, logline first. Sure, yeah, yeah, as we've come to expect. I'm going to say, again, and this is based on the attire of the two men. Sure, sure, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say for a logline, I'm going to predict that you are going to be surprised by the first three words of this one. Death, death, death. <laughs> no? Um, right, I'm going to go with a space expedition turns deadly when a crew member gives birth to a ravenous alien specimen under mysterious circumstances, right? Right, sure, yeah. <laughs> and I am going to say that the poster that we're looking at is from the 1987 sci-fi horror Voyage into Terror. Oh, well, okay. Um... And not Death Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Voyage into Terror. Okay, look, you're quite close across the board here. Really? Again, um, I'm finding this unnerving. Okay. So the year is 1981. Okay. Um, it's directed by kind of cult film director Norman J. Warren. Right. Uh, starring Stephanie Beecham and Judy Geeson, who was in 31 and Lords of Salem. Again, to hark back to Rob Zombie, our discussion okay. from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's known under a couple of names. Right. Um, one of them being Horror Planet. Right. Which is quite close, I guess, to Voyage to Terror or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, Voyage into Terror. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> How silly of me. Fuck's sake. Um, if you'd hit on the other title, I would have been incredibly surprised. Right. Inseminoid! Oh, I love it. Inseminoid, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Inseminoid about? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Like I say, quite close. Uh, scientists working on a distant planet. Uh, one is attacked, raped and impregnated by a monstrous creature. Uh, and she begins to stalk and kill her colleagues. Uh, okay. And drinks their blood. Right. So I suppose that the circumstances aren't as mysterious as I made them out to be. Well, no. But, uh, no, that's actually... Far more direct. I was going to say, that's uh, pretty pretty close, though. Yeah, again, not a bad effort. Not a bad effort at all. I'll settle for that. And, uh, like I say, uh, if you haven't already, you will find the image on our social media channels. We'll get that up there before this airs. Of course, yep. Mm -hmm. So that concludes another edition of Mitch's Pitches. I am dreading the notion of doing this live. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry about it I've got it under control I'm going to have to be I'm going to have to think on my feet in a yeah. big way uh, definitely but um, the making of you but the making of you it's true yeah 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 I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to practice a little bit I think well, this is a difficult thing to practice <laughs> I would yeah. say yeah. 
So uh, moving swiftly on, and it's uh, podcast recommendation time. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah, because you did Case File last week? I did, yeah, I did Case File. <laughs> I did case File. Um, while we're recommending podcasts, by the way, I just want to take a minute to, a few weeks ago, you mentioned that uh, my dad wrote a porno would come back. Yeah. What a hot streak that show is on. <laughs> yeah, it's killing it on uh, this new series. Absolutely sure. hysterical. <laughs> so yeah, um, this week I'm going to go with Deadly Manners. Okay. Uh, which is another horror fiction one. I know I do a load of those, but this is a little <laughs> bit different. There's only been one season of this, ten episodes. So if you do want to catch up on it, it's yeah, it's not too, yeah, it's not too much of an ask. This one's pretty interesting. It's written and created by Ali Garfinkel and uh, co-created and produced by Alex Aldea. But basically, it's all set over the measure of one evening at um, a party at a mansion. Right. Okay. Uh, the Billings family sure. estate. Right. <laughs> Um, it's narrated by LeVar Burton. Oh, from Star Trek. Yes. Right, okay. Uh, also, the uh, voice cast includes people like Dennis O'Hare, Alicia Bow. Right. Um, we've got uh, Anna Chlumsky in there, and Kristen Bell oh, is right, the voice okay. of uh, Veronica Billings, who is uh, also in The Good Place, which yeah. we spoke about earlier. This, it's it's kind of like Clue. It's like a, it's like a dark-humoured mystery comedy thing. And, oh, then right. th- and then Then There Were None type thing. It's really, really funny and it's genuinely like narratively pretty compelling you'll learn a lot about the characters as the evening goes on actually david cummins from the uh, the no sleep podcast mm-hmm. he's in it as well oh, right, okay. playing this kind of like washed up actor <laughs> and, he, and he's he's hilarious in it as well i really love this i'm actually not sure what the future of it is i was kind of hoping that there would be more but it's kind of a self-contained story so there's maybe a limit on where it can maybe go no scope for but um, it was last year that this was on the go, and it's one of my it's one of my favorite kind of fiction podcasts that I've ever come across, and I do listen to quite a lot of them. So Deadly Manners is my shout this week once again. That's M A N N E R S as opposed to Manners as in the houses. Cool, cool. I, I can listen to music, uh, music and podcasts and stuff in my day job. Oh, um, nice. Just pop my headphones in. You can binge that um, in one so day. Yeah, I that's what I'm thinking. I'm just gonna just gonna rattle through that. Yeah, it's uh, really really good. So I guess it's time to take a look at this week. Oh yeah, and we're moving into October. And we've been talking up October for a while, saying sure. that like um, a lot of really interesting stuff's happening, a lot of really good stuff happening, and we've definitely got an interesting one on our hands this week. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how this is going to go down, I don't know uh, if we're going to alienate everyone who's started listening to us, or if it's going to help at all. Yeah, I'm very curious uh, to see what everyone's reaction to this is, but... It's a risky one. Well, let's get straight to it. So this week's guest has got some uh, pretty notable producer credits. Sure. Um, has worked on things like Mickey Keating's Psychopaths and Darling. Mm-hmm. Also producing Depraved, which is an upcoming film that's uh, written and directed by Larry Fessenden. Love Larry Fessenden. However, um, possibly best known these days um, as the director of The Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, we are being joined this week by Jen Wexler. We are indeed, yeah. Jo- joining her producer, Heather Buckley, and the pantheon of guests that we've had so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is cool. And yeah, the film Joyce. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. It's a film that I've never really liked, so this should be interesting. And like I say, bit of a dodgy choice, this, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> I think, to be fair, it's sci-fi. Uh-huh. It has not got a good critical reception. Right, yeah, sure. It also happens to be the highest grossing film of 1998. Yep, and if you don't know what it is from that, let me tell you, it's directed by Michael Bay. We're bringing the Bay him. <laughs> <laughs> with ridiculous uh, disaster aversion tearjerker Armageddon. <laughs> This is going to be interesting. We're doing Armageddon. We're doing Armageddon. Fucking hell. Pieces followed by Armageddon. Only on this show. Who'd have thought it? Fuck's sake. So there you go. This Friday, 8am BST, the director of The Ranger, Jen Wexler, joins us to talk Michael Bay's Armageddon. 
Christ. If you want to get in touch, and I think a few of you might want to, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. you can uh, get hold of us on Facebook and Instagram, Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. Or email scenes at gmail.com. As you know, there's loads of places you can listen to us. You can get us on Stitcher. You can get us on Spotify, Podbean, Acast, and of course, iTunes. And if you are listening on iTunes, I know we've said it a million times, but please, please like and rate, review, all of that stuff, whatever you need to do on there. And before we go, uh, you might want to brace yourself because we're going to be talking about this quite a bit over the next couple of weeks. But on the 19th of October, we are doing a live one. Yes, we are. We are indeed. Uh, the Showroom Cinema in Sheffield as part of Celluloid Screams Friday on the Friday afternoon, 19th October, 3pm. Yep. Uh, lots of great stuff upcoming. We'll have more to announce about that. Just keep watching the channels. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll let you know all about that as and when we know more. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, the plan's kind of coming together. But uh, yeah, we'll have loads more to tell you about that in the coming days and weeks. Meantime, though, this Friday, Jen Wexler is here to talk Armageddon. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. Armageddon. Fuck's sake. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.